Bruce Newberry. The food dude. News Talk WVMT, FM 96.3 and AM 620. Are you hungry? Bruce, you're making us hungry. I am dining out. With- you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude. And I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in Rhode Island. That should be your name, the food dude. Hello again. Welcome to the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio. Here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, we have competitive eating going on. Actually, the competitive eating is over and done with. It was the kickoff of uh, Vermont Restaurant Week. It was the Sweet Eats kickoff or the Sweet Start Smackdown. Now, you know me. If you've listened to uh, the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio with any degree of regularity over the years, uh, we always, always, always get to dessert as quickly as we can. Notorious Sweet Tooth. And uh, we used to start the show actually with a with a sweet start. So this is right up our alley here with the sweet start smackdown to get Vermont Restaurant Week underway. And of course, we have uh, so many new friends tuning into us here on our great affiliate News Talk WVMT. So it is uh, wonderful to talk about it. So we had lavender cookies and blueberry buzz buckle. We had. Uh, we had desserts named after body parts, as in the Seinfeld episode. Yes, and uh, that one didn't win, by the way. In all ten sweet concoctions competed in the edible showdown, the judges, all three of them voted, and first place, the triple citrus mascarpone mousse from the Essex. Yes, the Essex Resort and Spa. Very, very nice. Orange mousse. Lemon curd filling set on a basil lime cookie. You had me at lemon curd. Oh, my. Now, interesting, on a number of different fronts, and uh, Seven Days pointed this out as well, notable for the ingredients that the winning dessert did not contain. No chocolate, no caramel, no gluten. Well, you know, it's fashionable not to put gluten in anything. But uh, 23-year-old pastry chef Laura Johnson from the Essex said, I had spring on my mind when she created this dessert, and she says she's not a big chocolate person. So there you go. So congratulations. The triple citrus mascarpone mousse from the Essex first prize in the Sweet Start Sweet Eats kickoff of Vermont Restaurant Week. And we have many more ideas and examples of uh, wonderful things before you get to dessert at Vermont Restaurant Week. So I usually do a question du jour, and it can be a a question that is fun to talk about around the table. I was talking with the morning guys yesterday, and we were talking about a question that uh, some of you may have heard me ask last weekend about what the ring around the edge of the pizza is called. Yes, it's the crust, but there is a Fancy name. I won't say it's a technical name, but it's a fancy name. And people like Lydia Bastianich set great store by getting things exactly right. So the ring around the pizza is known as the cornice. It looks like cornice. It's architecture. Well, it's every bit as architectural in a pizza as it is in a building. So there you go. But a little bit of food knowledge. So if you're going out for pizza, and there is actually Neapolitan pizza on somebody's restaurant week menu 
I just saw that. And, of course, here in uh, southern New England, where the broadcast bistro is located today, we are just going crazy about the authentic Neapolitan pizza. And uh, one place in particular that we've been talking about is Imbriglio's in Newport that has uh, done just great, great things, mostly hearkening back to the roots of the proprietor of the restaurant that kind of conceived Imbriglio's, that'd be Sardella's. And Richard Sardella's grandfather was a baker back in Jersey City back in 1890. So it wasn't too much of a stretch to just kind of get the old family recipes going. But it's all very, very authentic with the double O flour and the San Marzano tomatoes, the uh, mozzarella. Well, it's not buffalo mozzarella, but it is as close to it as you can get. Uh, no buffalo were harmed in the making of the authentic pizza. But uh, when we talk about authentic things... Anyway, that was the uh, question du jour last weekend was about the cornice, the cornice on the pizza. A little bit different question du jour today because I'm going to describe something that you, no matter where you are within sound of my voice, are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But it has two different names, at least two different names, and maybe more. And so I guess your answer is as right as anybody else's. Now, I have, we're going to describe a dog, a hot dog. It's up on the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page right now. And it is a natural casing dog. It is in a New England roll. And it is topped with... A special sauce. It is thick. It is not overpowering. It has meat in it. It has some spices in it. Some of the spices are secret. They are based on a lot of different things. There may be some cumin in there. There may be some cinnamon in there. There's a thin line of yellow mustard that is tracing its way down in there somewhere. You can just kind of see the mustard under this avalanche of onions. The raw onions are roughly chopped. Now, the mustard is the standard condiment. Sometimes some people will put hot sauce on. Never, ever, ever ketchup. And uh, the roll kind of helps it to hold all together. It is not a chili dog. Not even close. Well, kind of close, I guess, but that's not what we're going for. You tell me the name of this dog. Name this dog. And the answer, as I point out on the Facebook fan page, is not as unique as you think. Oh, we can only get it in this area. (laughs) We'll see what answers we get as we go along here on today's edition of the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio. And... uh, now, here in southern New England, we had the very, very exciting news this morning. It was, a, it was a very exciting, busy Saturday morning. Well, when are Saturday mornings not busy anywhere? But here in southern New England, they knocked down a couple of big cooling towers that had been used for a power plant that has now been taken offline in a place called Brayton Point, which is kind of on the coast. It's sort of on... The bay, it's on Mount Hope Bay, it's at the mouth of the Taunton River, it's in Somerset, Massachusetts. And there were these big stacks, these big stacks that have taken on a life of their own, quite frankly. 
and they were imploded this morning. Big crowd attracted. It was all over TV and all of that. And one restaurant in particular was doing great business because it's located kind of across the river. It's kind of across the river and down the cove. It's called Barrett's Waterfront, and it had another name for several years. Anyway, that was the place to be today. Still crowded as all get out. And I imagine that they would have raised a glass and maybe even gotten the the celebration underway that's going to kind of culminate next week with the Kentucky Derby. I have a feeling they may have lifted a glass of bourbon. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about when we get to our spirit of the week this week. As we get into the merry month of May, a week early, with Alex Allen from Allen's Wine and Spirits. And we're going to talk all about bourbon, what makes bourbon, what makes Kentucky bourbon, what makes it authentic, and what the heck is sour mash anyway? Well, we'll talk about all of that stuff. Lots more suggestions and things to tempt you from restaurants around the state of Vermont during Vermont Restaurant Week. And uh, at one point, I do want to take a minute and talk about a wine country destination that is shutting its doors. Now, the destination is in Sonoma County in California in the wine country. Now, some of you may have been listening to some wine talk in the program that precedes ours on uh, one of our stations. And it's definitely the wine country. But the when I heard the news that this tasting room was closing its doors, it's a Vermont story because the winemaker who was known for starting this, and he was one of the pioneers, really, particularly in one type of California wine, had made quite a few friends at an appearance in Vermont not very long ago. Details in just a minute. Can I send you to the Rhode Island coast and to spend a splendid weekend at Castle Hill Inn? Castle Hill Inn is one of the unique destinations in New England, in any place else, it is a world-class destination, a Relayan Chateau destination. Dining and the lawn and the sailing and the entire Newport scene. A couple of years ago, when the Volvo Ocean Race was here in Newport, there was a an antique Volvo that was just sort of left there. It was on display and on loan. And, of course, if you're a historian and you know Newport at all, you know that Grace Kelly, once upon a time, uh, made her mark here in Newport. And I referred to the car then as Grace Kelly's car. I said, Grace Kelly parked her car here at Castle Hill. And it is just that kind of charm. Let me take you through the chef's tasting menu just to show you an unforgettable night at Castle Hill Inn. Now, this is five courses chosen by Chef Lou Rossi to showcase the flavors of the season. And the only thing that the chef asks is that everyone at the table participate in the tasting menu. Now, you're going to start out with either a quail egg skillet with ocetra caviar and a little bit of crunch, or cured sea trout with avocado soup and cucumber and masa. So a lot of flavors going on there other than New England. Then the second course is so interesting. It is called Corda Arrotolata. Now, you look that up and you say, what is that? What, what kind of culinary thing? Don't look in the culinary dictionary. You know what that is? It's a coiled rope. It's a nautical term. It's regatta and peas and truffles. And it is beautiful. 
Then you'll move on to miso-glazed sable fish with black trumpet mushrooms and Fresno chilies. Now, as we talk about some of the fresh and uh, some of the produce and vegetable items, it is very, very likely they're going to come from the on-site greenhouse, which has just expanded its beds at Castle Hill Inn. Dry-aged beef sirloin is the centerpiece. Oh, yeah, we're just getting to the entree here. With potato, gorgonzola dolce, and wild greens, or roasted porcelette, which is a suckling pig. And charred ramps, definitely from the greenhouse, spring garlic panade, and mustard. And then chocolate pavé, which would have been very, very fitting to celebrate that uh, implosion of the smokestack. Roasted white chocolate ice cream and hazelnut and banana. Now, that is your tasting menu at Castle Hill Inn. Wines are chosen to match, and you'll talk about this for many, many years to come. Just one way to spend an unforgettable weekend at Castle Hill Inn. Visit CastleHillInn.com, make reservations, and we'll see you in Newport at Castle Hill Inn. From the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Millions plan for retirement online. Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Dave's Marketplace is all about the food. People who love to cook love to shop at Dave's Marketplace. People who don't love to cook love to shop at Dave's Marketplace. People who appreciate value and people who appreciate values like honesty and respect. Respect for local growers and local businesses, local providers of better food. Dave's is all about the food. If you ask anyone who shops at Dave's Marketplace, even someone who's just shopped at Dave's once, they'll tell you they expect a little more from their supermarket. But be honest, do you know anyone who's shopped at Dave's Marketplace only once? Dave's Marketplace. Better food. Better service. Better people. Everyone who shops at Dave's has a favorite helpful Dave's associate that they love to brag about. Locally owned and operated since 1969. And Dave's is more than just food with Les Isle Rose, Dave's floral basket and gift shop next to Dave's Marketplace East Greenwich store. With Alex Allen here at Allen's Wine and Spirit, what is going to be the main part of that mint julep now? We talked a little bit about what constitutes a, a real bourbon, and we have examples of all of these styles. Some everyday brands we carry are Maker's Mark, Woodford Reserve, Elijah Craig, Jefferson's, just to name a few, Basil Hayden, Old Forester. We have like three examples of that in the store here. And I want to encourage people to come in and kind of check out our rare and hard-to-find rack we have here. You'll see some really high-end award-winning whiskeys there. You'll see some uh, Elijah Craig barrel-proof. You'll see some, uh, once in a while, a bottle of Blanton's or a bottle of Old Fitzgerald 10-year. Wow. Uh, weeded bourbon in the style of the Pappy Van Winkle. But for everyday uh, purposes, if you're having a party uh, and you want you know, a great quality bourbon at a great price, I'd recommend the Maker's Mark. 1.75 a liter bottle is $49.99 here every day. At Allen's Wine and Spirits, 3001 East Main Road here in Portsmouth. Delivery and event consultation. Phone number is 401-683-4030. Allen's Wines. Here in Rhode Island, we have a long history with cooperatives, from farm co-ops, shellfish co-ops, to education co-ops. 
Hi, I'm Ellen Ford, President and CEO of People's Credit Union, one of the oldest banking cooperatives in Rhode Island. A co-op involves many people working toward a common goal, and at People's Credit Union, we will work with you to provide solutions for your family's financial success. If you're looking for a banking partner, People's has it all. Why? Because at People's Credit Union, we think of you as family. Check us out at peoplecu.com. Member NCUA. Food day. I'm Bobby Flay, and I'm dining out with Bruce Newberry. Well, let us have a taste of some exceptional Vermont cheese that shows up on one of the uh, restaurant week menus. I think it's at Pauline's. And it is a, a really interesting cheese, reading the menu, and I ended up uh, down the rabbit hole here, but what a uh, way to go. The cheese is called Tarantese, and it is from a couple of select farms in Vermont. Uh, these are, this is what the folks at Thistle Hill have to say. It's Tarantese cheese made from the organic milk of grass-fed Jersey cows. Now, originally it came from France the Tarantese Valley in the Savoie region of the French Alps. It is an ivory-colored cheese. It is creamy. It is earthy. It is nutty. It is uh, a hard, firm cheese made from cow's milk. And uh, it is manufactured with a copper vat using traditional methods reserved for the finest cheeses of the world. If you're going to pair a wine with this, you might try a Pinot Noir, a Cabernet Sauvignon, or a Riesling. Very, very interesting to to think about pairing either a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Riesling with some cheese. So you must have some sweetness in there, but at the same time, some uh, perhaps some notes of almost chocolate, something like that. Really interesting. So there we go. While we're on the subject of wine, would this have paired with a California Zinfandel? Well, possibly. One of the pioneers out there in the wine country, Ravenswood Winery founder Joel Peterson, and his son, who's no slouch in the winemaking department either, were keynote speakers at the Stowe Wine and Food Classic when it was in its heyday. This was back in 2012. And uh, the two of them were entertaining as all get out out there on Friday night in the backyard there near the uh, Von Trapp place up there on Mansfield. And uh, what a great night. Nobody will forget it anytime soon. Well, it turns out that the tasting room at Ravenswood is closing. Now, nothing to do with the business or anything. In fact, I guess it's... Uh, it's a it's a dividend of successful business. Ravenswood was sold to Gal to a Constellation, which also owns Gallo. Constellation Brands is you know one of these big companies that buys up everything and all that. And uh, Gallo only bought the brand. Constellation retained Ravenswood's twelve acre East Side property and its tasting room, and they're closing the tasting room on May the fifteenth. So, you know what, Joel? You can bring that tasting room back to Mount Mansfield if you want to. I don't think anybody will mind. We are in the Broadcast Bistro here 
on this wonderful Saturday. Great to be with you talking about food and wine and dining out. How about a taste of Vermont Restaurant Week? Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I don't know if you heard it. It's at Fire and Ice in Middlebury, where I've spent more than a few very, very pleasant weeks and months and years. And at Fire and Ice for Restaurant Week, they have penne for your thoughts. Tomato basil cream sauce with lobster or steak Sinatra. Shoulder tender cut with a trio of shrimp and a red wine demi-glace and scallion curls. That is the centerpiece of a very, very fine restaurant menu at the at the Fire and Ice. There's no the. It's just Fire and Ice. The James Beard Awards are being announced. They have been announced. And um, some of the um, some of the awards have been announced. One in particular, the uh, book awards have been announced. And hey, guess what? Uh, we this may this may actually bode well for some of our local entrants. We've got a couple of chefs who are in the hunt. Now they're going to announce the chef awards next Monday, the sixth in Chicago. But um, these were the book awards that got announced last night, and uh, Tyra Banks was the MC, and pretty exciting stuff. And who wins for a, a cookbook? Well, it's not a cookbook. <laughs> I should have I should have known this for a writing award. It is the winner of a James Beard Foundation Book Award for cookbooks and other nonfiction food or beverage related books published in the U.S. in 2018. And the writing award went to Chef Edward Lee and his book Buttermilk Graffiti, A Chef's Journey to Discover America's New Melting Pot Cuisine. And we had a chance to speak with Chef Lee when his book came out in March. So uh, it really hadn't been out all that long. Technically, it was published in 2018, but brandy new. And uh, you may know Edward Lee. He was on Top Chef, and he's uh, an interesting fellow. He is from the South, but certainly his food ways and his traditions and so forth are not, definitely you would not think of hot chicken or those kind of things, although he knows his way around those. Anyway, we had a chance to speak with Edward Lee back in March when his book came out, and uh, I'll have a few of his remarks and what he had to say. Maybe we can get a get an indication as to what he was thinking about when uh, when we play that for you in just a little while. Here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, and, uh, you know, some of you may have just heard a few minutes ago us talking about bourbon. And uh, we can definitely talk more about that. As I say, we had a, a celebration today. Uh, it was a it was a, an event. I guess it was sort of a celebration. It was a successful event here in southern New England with the toppling of those towers that are from this uh, obsolete um from this obsolete plant, and so definitely worth raising a glass to. So our Spotlight Spirit of the Week definitely is one of those kind of spirits. Here's Alex Allen. 
With Alex Allen here at Allen's Wine and Spirits in our Spotlight Spirit of the Week. Alex, how are you doing? Hey, Bruce. Good to be here again. Always a pleasure. Great, great pleasure. And it's Kentucky Derby time, so we've got to talk about some good Kentucky bourbon. You know, it's a it's a great time of year to uh, talk about bourbon, uh, given the uh, Kentucky Derby that's coming up. It's always a big holiday around that spirit. Not just any spirit. Well, bourbon can actually be made anywhere in the U.S. What makes Kentucky bourbon Kentucky bourbon? It's actually Bourbon County, Kentucky, uh, and that has a a lot to do with the water quality in that area, but we'll we'll get through that. So, for bourbon, it's almost like the Champagne region of France, isn't it? Almost, yeah. It's actually a little the the terms are a little looser, but you can check our Champagne episode for those details. <laughs> uh, there are uh, straight bourbons, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, a minimum of two years of aging. Uh, bonded or bottled and bond is a minimum of four years. Tennessee whiskey, which is ba- basically bourbon, but they'll just do a charcoal filter. Gotcha. And then obviously everyone knows Jack Daniels, the sour mashes. Uh, when they take a little bit of the uh, grain uh, from the previous batch and put it into the new batch, it creates, it's the same as they do with sourdough bread. Um, so it doesn't create a, a sour flavor, it just creates a really unique flavor. And the point, uh, point I'm trying to make is that we have examples of all of these styles here at the shop. So um, bourbon needs to be made in the USA. Um, 51% in the mash bill needs to be corn. Mash bill is the combination of the grains that are fermented and put through a distilling pot to produce the alcohol. It has to be distilled to no more than 160 proof or 80% alcohol, uh, and it has to be uh, casked or put in the barrel at 125 proof, no more than that. It has to be aged in new charred oak casks and bottled at a minimum of 80 proof to be considered bourbon. It's uh, meant to be enjoyed and sipped, and of course, because of Derby Day, we can enjoy it in a mint julep. Do you have a mint julep recipe by any chance? I think I can pull one out of my pocket, yeah. One of the easier cocktails to make, but one of the more iconic cocktails, especially this time of year, you need uh, a good quality bourbon. Crushed ice, very important. Uh, if you don't have crushed ice, you can put your ice cubes in a blender or put them in a dish towel and hit them with anything that won't break. Yes. Know, hammer, maybe, or even a big pot. Uh, you'll need some simple syrup, just equal parts sugar and water, and uh, some mint. And uh, the vessel can be either a double uh, rocks glass, Collins glass, or those metal um, derby cups. They, uh, right. Julep, julep cups, I believe they're called. Right. The julep cup is uh, more of a decorative kind of a touch. It's not essential to the drink, and it doesn't keep the drink colder. You know, it's kind of a, a misconception, and, and the same goes for Moscow Mules, which is vodka, ginger beer, lime, and mint. Right. Uh, but it actually pulls the thermal energy uh, away from the, the ice conductive. So <laughs> while it's great in your hand, it feels ice cold. You're, it's actually going to heat up a little quicker than you might realize, so it's it's good to, to pay attention to the cocktail, <laughs> sort of uh, work on it as you can. Right. Uh, but a little tip on the mint julep is to actually infuse your simple syrup with the mint as well as using the mint as a garnish. That'll give you just a little more flavor in the cocktail. For sure, and the great bartenders, and there'll be a ton of them out there working on Derby Day weekend who are making sure that that julep is just made perfectly, and they'll be doing the right thing with all of that mint and all that great Kentucky spirit. Make sure you ask your bartender to slap the mint. Right. Uh, and, uh, Not you, but the mint. Yeah, they might look at you a little strange, but uh, it's, it's it's essential getting the oil out of the plant. So That's right. They actually slap my mint. <laughs> That's actually it. At Allen's Wine and Spirits. So We're happy to help you with your party. You bet. And don't forget to vote for Allen's Wine and Spirits in the best of Rhode Island. Go on to rimonthly.com and uh, go through the ballot. It uh, is less complicated to vote for the president and uh, just get the Russians on the phone or whatever. I I guess if you're going to vote for vodka, I guess the Russians could help you with that. But vote for Allen's Wine and Spirits, best wine shop. 
And you can do it statewide or Newport County. And certainly Alex isn't going to mind if you vote for him for statewide. And there you go. But either today, I guess Monday or Tuesday is the last day. So you can only vote once. It's all very complicated. And there you go. But uh, it would mean a lot to Alex and to Alan's. So there you are. Next half hour, we're going to hear from Lou Perella, and we're going to talk about clam bakes. Now, we've had a couple of nice days, and then we had a bunch of crummy days, and we've got a halfway decent one going on. Hopefully, it is where you are, and everybody's thinking about the nice weather, getting out in the season, and uh, Lou and I just went to town and started talking about clam bake season. There's a special one coming up. And we really get into the mechanics, and there are mechanics when a, where a clam bake is concerned. So uh, we'll chat about that in just a little bit. Next hour, we're going to talk about food trucks. Big uh, news that the Dolce food truck went brick and mortar. So I've got a guy who keeps tabs on the food truck scene all over the country. We'll talk about some trucks in Vermont. We'll talk about trucks in the rest of New England. Eric Weiner will join me from Food Trucks Inn in the next hour. So let's tie it all together here. We're talking a clam bake. We've been talking about a special dog. And you know what? Those things, plus many, many more wonderful recipes and things your family is going to love, like chili or pizza or omelets, have in common? Gaspar's Linguisa, Portuguese sausage. Gaspar's can be the star of an easy and delicious meal. Gaspar's linguisa and churis are just what you and your family need. They're made with high-quality lean meats and authentic natural spices, the same way that Gaspar's and the Gaspar family have been making fine sausages in New Bedford, Massachusetts, since 1923. So Gaspar's lends a special flavor to so many of your family's favorites. I will tell you, once you have had pasta sauce with linguisa, you are never going to want pasta sauce any other way. And in soups and baked beans and so much more. And uh, those dogs, because Gaspar's linguisa or spicy churis, which is spelled chirico, by the way. There's no Z. This is Portuguese sausage, and it's an entirely different taste, and you are going to love it. And it comes in slices and franks and cocktail bites and the traditional sausage, even sausage out of the casing for stuffies or a lot of other a lot of other wonderful things blended into a burger. Gas bars available at all major supermarkets. For all the flavor with less fat and calories, try Gaspar's Turkey Linguisa Enchides. Gaspar's for 95 years, the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. From the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Wonderful Cov, where the weekend starts on Wednesday with Alexis Lee entertaining, along with those half-price bottles of wine, and the great bistro menu each and every day. You can have calamari, you can have crostini, small bites, the famous crab cake, a steak, risotto, a bunch of different ways, even a black bean burger. The famous brunch on weekends. It's beautiful, sparkling Cov. In downtown Providence, the most beautiful restaurant in Rhode Island. Make a reservation on Open Table. Amazing Cov. 
Rhode Island Kitchen and Bath will create a dream space you'll love. Award-winning designers will just flat out open your eyes. So make plans to come to an upcoming seminar. And if you'd like to expand your knowledge while getting inspired to change your space, attend the RIKB Cooking Workshops with instructor and master chef Walter Potenza. The next one is coming up in June. It's all about the sauce. Register today. Space is limited. RIKB.com. We're in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. Time for this week's Taste of Dave's. And again, it's from the pizza bar. Dave's Brick Oven Pizza of the Week. Popeye's Pie. Spinach, roasted garlic, and ricotta cheese make this pizza a tasty treat. It is so great on the multi-grain dough, but you can get it on the regular dough as well. Or the Meat Lover's Pizza. Sliced meatballs, chicken sausage, bacon, and pepperoni loaded with cheese and sauce. Get a 22-inch pizza. It's enough for the whole family. And just $14.95. Healthy starts at Dave's, you know, with the fresh local produce. And so much more this week. We have mussels on sale from not too very far away. There is wonderful Snow White cauliflower. Try those cauliflower wings. Look up the recipe. Prepared food, the hot and cold bar, or, of course, the freshest produce. Better food, better service. DavesMarketplace.com. We're in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. In America, the zip code you're born into can determine your future. If this baby was born a couple miles away, his chances of dropping out of school skyrocket. Born five miles farther, his chances of experiencing violent crime rise. But just one town over, his chances at a healthier life improve. At the Y, our programs help all kids thrive, no matter where they're from. Support your local Y at ymca.net slash for a better us. PawSox single game tickets, mini plans, and flex tickets for the 2019 season are on sale now. Don't miss legendary Friday nights, fireworks every Saturday night, and family fun days on Sunday afternoons. PawSox baseball is back for the 50th year together with the Boston Red Sox. So secure your tickets or plan a group outing to see your favorite fireworks shows. Visit PawSox.com. PawSox Baseball. Don't miss a moment. Food do. I am Jacques Pepin, uh, here from uh, Connecticut, and I'm here dining out with the Bruce Newberry. Music here on the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio brought to you by RobertsMusicRI.com. Where the music is, where music lives. Now, I want you to circle a date. It may seem like it's way off in the distance, but getting closer all the time. June the 1st for Robert's Woodwinds Day. Performances and classes and so much more. RobertsMusicRI.com. Robert's Musical Instruments in the Quaker Valley Mall. We are here in the Broadcast Bistro, live, spending a very, very nice weekend with you. Now, we're going to talk clam bakes in just a little bit here with our friend Lou Porella, but uh, want to just spend a little minute here uh, talking a little bit more about that tasting menu at uh, Castle Hill Inn. 
and some of those tasting menus can get pretty elaborate. There are some that go seven or nine or 11 courses or even more than that, and the one at Castle Hill is just five. So, I mean, you're going to spend an evening, no doubt, but, hey, there are worse places to, to spend an evening, to be sure, overlooking uh, Narragansett Bay, and it is uh, certainly, certainly worthwhile. Hey, our question du jour, I ask you to describe, actually name a dog that I described. Yeah. Now, if you're a visual person, go to the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page. But if not, or if you can't right now, uh, this dog is as much of a as much of a spectator sport as it is great to eat. And people come from all around. It is a must-eat in your hometown. And one of the observers, one of the observations and the reviews, whether it's Yelp or a professional reviewer or what have you, is everyone is impressed with the great care that is always taken to build each dog, to put that natural casing dog into that specially selected role. Now, if I have to give you a little bit of a hint, the role is similar to a New England role. Now, if I get into any more detail than that about the bun, I'm going to really be nitpicking a little bit because there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of universals to what I'm talking about here. Now, you're looking at this or listening to this, and you're thinking, well, I know what that is. Yeah, right? Well, yeah, you probably do. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is the surprise in all of this and the free prize inside is that there's more than one right answer. So, <laughs> but the bun plays a very, very large part in all of this. And I'll have the answer for you in uh, just a little bit. I promise you a clam bake. Well, let's go off to a, a real nice clam bake with our friend Lou Perella at Perella's Ristorante Italiano at Perella's 311 Medicom Avenue in Warren, Rhode Island. So, Lou, we've got the big, big bake on Father's Day again this year. Captain Vinny's Clam Bake. We, uh, it's going to be our second annual. We did it last year. We had about 100 people, and it was uh, it, it was just everybody loved it. So we're going to do it. We're, we're Actually, we did it at uh, a, an off-site location, but we're going to do it right here at the restaurant. We're going to build a pit in the back parking lot, and, and uh, Fire Chief Gallinelli, he, he helped us last year. You know, it was Father's Day, and they came down, and they, they did an amazing... I've always done boils. I've never done bakes, and the chief was there and and he said uh I, he said you see the steam in the back of the top you know was starting to fill up and i'm like i'm saying and i didn't understand what he was actually talking about but then all of a sudden you saw a little bit of steam coming out of the back and all of a sudden it just gushed and i was like amazed i said what's that what's that he goes that's what we're waiting for that's when the clams open and we release all their liquids and it's on the stone so you get the the smoke and the juices you think you're losing something but nope that means that it's time they're ready wow and that's why you need somebody with that oh, my 
eye, just that expertise. You need to, you know, these guys have been doing it with the fire department. Every station, there's like six of them. They all do a, a bake every year, you know. They all have a bake master. Is it usually the chief, or is it just someone there that knows them? Somebody, just somebody that knows. But, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously Chief Gallinelli's been here for, you know, many years, and he's probably doesn't goes to all of them. And, you know, I don't think anybody I know would have more experience than him. And <laughs> Captain Vinny, you know, he, he does ours from Engine 3. He's retired, so... I snagged him, I said. But he knows the timing, and he knows what to look for, how to layer everything. To put the rocks down and the right way to stack the wood and how to, you know, let it burn. There's an exact science to it. It's yeah. there. Those rocks really play a specific role, as I understand it, and the you're absolutely right. The kind of rock they yes. get out of the, from the water. Yes. And More porous than yeah, a, they, your basic rock. Right, and then they they steam and then they crack. I mean, so you can't even, you don't even get to use them again. Right. It's like I said, oh, we'll just we'll get a pile and we'll you know we'll use them every year. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, you can't even use them again once they once they bake there, and it's I mean, they wear their full gear when they're pulling that top off. And they need it. Yeah, because it's just, you know, I, I don't even know how hard it is. It's got to be a couple hundred degrees. Oh, all of that, sure. So. Well, when you think about these contraption cuisine type things, a pig roast is not entirely unrelated because you've got that, you know, you've got that, that fire up there and then it burns down. So you're dealing in some pretty substantial yeah. temperatures yourself. Right. You push it, you know, we push everything to the side and put the pig on a, on a tray and put it right in the middle and keep feeding the charcoals from the outside and then this just causes more and more smoke and... You know, after 12, 13 hours, it's we ha- we actually had someone that called and wanted some stuff for the Fourth of July, and he's like, "Well, can you take the loin out and cut it a certain way?" I go, "There's there's no cutting anything. There's no <laughs> ribs. There's no you cook something for 13 hours, it's gonna it's, it's just gonna kind of fall off, fall apart, yes. right? There's no ribs. There's no." You know, that's that would be more like barbecue. It's over right. pig roast. So now we do barbecue here too, right. but we can do ribs and we can do a separate disciplines. Loin. Right, yes. but he was like thinking you could take the tenderloin out and slice that and put the ribs out. I'm like, no. doesn't doesn't quite work like that. There's and it doesn't come out till it's done, and, and when it comes out, you know, all you get all you get is the bones. The finer points of the pig roast and the refined barbecue here. And it's all here at Perella's. So if you want to have a barbecue for yourself, you can come to one of Lou's or you can talk to him about having one of your own. But make reservations for that big Father's Day clam bake. And, of course, for Mom here at Perella's. And it's going to be a great spring, Lou. Oh, but look, we can't wait. We're just If the weather's anything like it is today, finally, we're, uh, we're going to have a great, a great season. So... We're just looking forward to it. Us too. Thanks very, very much, Lou. A hey, Ted Carusas at the Blue Plate Diner says bonjour, je me souviens, and he invites all of our new friends to come on down to the finer diner, the Blue Plate Diner at 665 West Main Road, Middletown, Rhode Island, for the brunch bennies. Now, Lou, now Ted has an all-day brunch menu going on, and all day long. You can have a classic Benedict with Canadian bacon and hollandaise and poached eggs on an artisan English muffin. There's a Southwest Benedict with chorizo hash. 
and spicy shooties and holidays and pico de gallo. And instead of on an English muffin, it's on jalapeno cheddar cornbread. Yeah. There's a Portuguese Benedict with shooties hash and holidays, hollandaise on an English muffin. The classic crow's nest, poached eggs and corned beef hash. And the veggie Benny with tomato and avocado and spinach and hollandaise. All served with those breakfast potatoes all, all day long. Oh, you can have that jalapeno cheddar cornbread by itself, I mean, as a starter. And I recommend it. I really do. Maple honey butter and that sweet habanero jam. Oh, my. Breakfast skillets and great entrees, including chicken and waffles and burritos. And, of course, the classic diner menu. Open face sandwiches and great burgers. There's a great pastrami and just all of what you would look for at a finer diner, including those grown-up shakes from the bar. Yeah. So wherever you are journeying, it's a, an hour vacation at the Blue Blade Diner at 665 West Main Road. In Middletown, the Rhode Island Philharmonic performs Tchaikovsky's thrilling 1812 Overture plus music of other Russian masters, Prokofiev and Shostakovich. Saturday, May 4th at the Vets in Providence. Call 401-248-7000 or visit tickets.rifil.org. In the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. As baby boomers age... There are so many potential issues and real concerns. What's the best housing solution for our elderly? Will we have enough money saved for retirement? How do we maintain optimal health? What sort of estate planning should we be doing? How do we choose the best Medicare plan? AM 1540 WADK wants to help. On the first and third Friday of each month from noon to one, experts from a variety of fields gather to discuss all these issues and more relative to anyone 55 or over with aging parents on Elder Affairs. Tune in live to hear this expert advice or go to WADK.com for podcast of the program under the Elder Affairs tab. Brought to you by Village House Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. Dementia Training for Life. Called to Connect. Seniors Choice RI, Chris Offenberg, Attorney at Law, and Coastal Foot and Ankle. 15 Point Road, a real Rhode Island dining success story, and East Bay must eat. Ask anybody in the East Bay for their restaurant list. 15 Point Road is on it almost every time. The traditional menu, and if you've not been to 15 Point Road and you say, well, what are they known for? Well, the great thing about 15 Point Road is the house specialties are ever-changing. Yes, you can find the Mount Hope seafood with lobster, shrimp, scallops, tarragon, and scallions sautéed in a wine cream sauce over a pastry. Baked stuffed half lobster with 15 Point Road signature seafood stuffing and drawn butter on the Mother's Day menu. That's what I'm talking about. All those favorites and some surprises. And this all-day menu served Mother's Day from 11 to 7.30. Served with salad, choice of vegetable, and starch. Don't wait. Make a reservation. 15 Point Road. The address is the same as the name Island Park in Portsmouth. 6833138. Make sure you mention you heard Bruce Newberry talking about 15 Point Road. 
From land to air to sea, let your taste buds soar at the Taste of the North Kingstown Chamber on May 8th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the Flight Level Aviation Hangar in Quonset, North Kingstown. While sampling food and beverages, view the rare cars on display provided by the Audrain Automobile Museum. Have your photo taken at Blakely Interior Design's Creative Photo Booth Vignette. Entertainment provided by Mix 99.3 and the Teledyne's Band. Our growing list of participants include Back 40, Postcard House, Dan's Carriage Inn, Exeter Job Corps, Full Proof Brewing, Frankie's Italian Bistro, George's of Galilee, Gooseneck Vineyards, LaForge Casino Restaurant, Mateo's Bakery, Narragansett Beer, Newport Craft Brewing and Distilling Company, Proclamation Ale Company, Red Stripe Restaurants, Seven Moons, Sophie's Brewhouse, Sons of Liberty Beer and Spirits Company, Tate's Italian Kitchen, Tavern by the Sea, The Inside Scoop, The Provisioner New York Deli and Cafe, Village Nutrition, and Whaler's Brewery. Tickets are $35 per person before April 27th and $45 afterwards and can be purchased online at northkingstown.com or by calling 401-295-5566. You don't want to miss this event. Thank you to our sponsors, South County Tourism, Team Iozzi Paving, and Taylor Rental of NK. Managing your dining out with Bruce Newberry. Talk show on the radio brought to you by Panera Bread and your Panera Bread Bakery Cafe, where breakfast is wrapped and delivered. Yes, those new breakfast wraps at Panera, those fluffy eggs and uh, some sausage and cheese, all clean food for you, and all can be delivered right to your door. Where applicable, visit PaneraBread.com, Panera Bread Bakery Cafes in Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Massachusetts, owned and operated by the Howley Bread Group. So I interviewed a donut maker in Providence this week. We are crazy for artisan donuts in Providence and in Rhode Island. And uh, this donut maker has a very successful donut company called Need. And he supplies some of the upscale cafes like Empire Tea and Coffee and Bolt Coffee and some other places. And he's recently moved into a rehabbed factory space in Providence, which is, a again, one of the food success stories in Rhode Island that there are these places that are opening up to give artisan, the so-called kitchen table creators, a place to get to the next level. I mean, you reach a point, whether you start out a new restaurant, whether you start out making ketchup or donuts or what have you, and you're successful, you hope you're going to be successful, and you uh, end up outgrowing your space. And so there are places opening up all over Rhode Island that are nurturing and sort of uh, nursery type uh, places. Anyway, he said that the idea of the artisan donut and the donut craze came from California, where many of the trends come from, as we know. So it's interesting every once in a while to look at what's next. And I think I may have the answer. Right after I tell you about a chef change, as we reported last week here on Dining Out with Bruce Newberry, at Morgan's Tavern at the Middlebury Inn. And so we are hoping that the restaurant week menu there is still going to have those seared sea scallops with roasted fingerling potatoes and bacon lardon and Brussels sprouts 
and maple brown butter. Hey, the Middlebury Inn is definitely worth an exploratory trip for Restaurant Week. And uh, we'll run down some of those Restaurant Week prices in the next hour. If you are thinking about dipping a toe in and uh, you're just kind of wondering, hey, what is this Restaurant Week stuff all about? Well, the answer to what may be next may be the bento box. The bento box, which, again, is one of these centuries-old overnight success stories. The bento box has been a kind of a conversation starter, table talk starter at restaurants all over the place since the kind of restaurant food boom really got underway. And the idea of the bento box, it is a, a Japanese discipline, a Japanese bit of business. It goes back centuries. And it is, quite frankly, a lunchbox with four containers. It can have more. The elaborate, and sometimes these are works of art, some of these ceramic-designed boxes uh, just have four painted and enameled surfaces. Some of the larger ones have spaces for additional cups or containers for things like that. And the idea is that you have a portioned, healthy, and satisfying lunch that uh, can be enjoyed anywhere. And you're not eating a huge plate of something and then falling asleep at your desk the next minute. And, of course, today it uh, even lends itself even more with uh, sustainability and the fact that these containers are going to be well used. You could think of it, if you go back far enough, as... The return of the TV dinner? <laughs> you could think that. You're dining Bruce out Newberry. with Bruce Newberry. FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT Burlington. Are you hungry? You're making us hungry. I am dining out. With- You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude. I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in Rhode Island. That should be your name, the food dude. Hello again. Welcome back to the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio. We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. This hour, we're going to talk food trucks. Some food trucks making news around Vermont. Some food trucks making news around Rhode Island. Big food truck event scheduled to get underway this weekend as we finally get into spring. But, of course, it is Restaurant Week. And uh, let's have another taste of Restaurant Week here. How about it, our friends, Pauline's Cafe? Now, Pauline's is doing the $30 price point for dinner and dessert. So you could have milk-poached cod with celeriac, fennel, carrot, and parsley on mashed potato, or braised lamb with barley risotto, roasted baby beets and turnips, and mint jus. And then... As if that weren't enough. I mean, this is $30, and you get uh, dinner and dessert, and the dessert is from the dessert menu. Yes. So you know about Pauline's dessert menu. You could have maple creme brulee, maple custard, caramelized sugar topping, or an international crepe. (laughs) Vanilla or coffee ice cream, spiced walnuts, Belgian chocolate sauce, and whipped cream. Oh, my. Happy restaurant week. So our question du jour is to ask you to describe a dog. And uh, it's on the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page. 
But we had the description for you. It is a natural casing dog. It is um, with all kinds of uh, wonderful things like um, chopped onion and some other things. And it's terrific. Let me just hit the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page if I can here just to see if we have, let's see, we have, well, we've gotten likes, which is very, very nice. But, uh, yeah, I know you know what this is, and the answer is not as unique as you think. So I'll have the, I'll have the answer, what I'm talking about here, if I seem a little mysterious about the whole thing. But I'll tell you, the picture of this dog takes into account one of the criteria that the bun has to be kind of trimmed. You don't just take the bun out of the package and start working on it. Uh Uh-uh. There has to be a little work done to the bun. And then that natural casing dog is put in there, and that sauce that has been simmering is in there. What is in that sauce? No one is divulging the exact recipe, for sure. And then there's a bunch of chopped onions, and maybe a little, little squirt of yellow mustard, maybe, but never ketchup. Although the the hot sauce is a new thing for me, I must say. I like it. I like hot sauce. I have never thought to put one on a creation such as this. Anyway, it's one of those things you, you think you know the answer to. And you probably do. Uh, again, there's no, there's no, uh, it, well, there's more than one right answer. I guess that's what I'm trying to say in all of this tortured narrative. So Lydia Bastianich is uh, one of the celebrity chefs who brings us back and introduces the segments here. And, of course, Lydia and her family have uh, just created this amazing empire of restaurants and sort of foodie amusement parks known as Italy. And there's one in New York, there's one in Boston. Well, it is not just a, a static deal that is just kind of sitting there. I mean, if you're going to compare it to Disney World, which people do, it's like a foodie Disney World. Like Disney World, it keeps changing and keeps improving, and there's always something to bring you back. Well, this weekend at the Italy in Boston, uh, there is a new seafood restaurant within the restaurant at Italy. It is called La Pescheria. I'm not sure that's a real word, but I'll defer to the uh, Bastianiches and uh, the uh, in-laws and so forth. It's La Pescheria Fishmonger's Kitchen, and it opened yesterday inside Italy in Boston with another tasting menu and other daily changing dishes meant to highlight local seafood purveyors in a lively contemporary bar-like atmosphere, according to Jacqueline Kane's review. Uh, Chef Sam de los Santos says we have followed the formula that I just described, but extremely local and very, very seasonal. So you're going to find things like uh, spaghetto, uh, spaghetto alla pescatora, which basically means spaghetti with fish sauce, or maybe kind of a take on clam sauce, but with other types of, uh, of fish. But this is really interesting. Chef is using black bass and doing it crudo style and highlighting the best pieces of the fresh black bass. 
really interesting. The Now, that uh, spaghetto alla pescatore may well have some of the rest of the fish. And this is a, an interesting thing. I, I was on the morning show yesterday and, and with Marcus and Kurt, and Kurt asked me about the changing foodways in Italy, particularly in the coastal communities. And there are a number of different ways that you can look at something like that. It's happening in a lot of places. And it's it's interesting that it's not only happening in America, but whether whether you're looking at a story like that or a question like that from a sustainability point of view, because here in the in a uh, seaside community, I mean, I'm speaking to you today from Newport, Rhode Island, and we're conscious of it each and every season that what we used to use for, say, fish and chips should be changed out a little bit. And some of the kind of forward-thinking seafood restaurants, such as George's of Galilee over across the bay from us, are using some interesting types of fish in the fish and chips, and you wouldn't even know it. They're using things like sea robin as opposed to just cod. And uh, it's out of necessity, and it's it's utilizing some of the underfished species, giving the overfished ones a break. And that's what's happening here. And as the chef says, everybody wants the center cut of everything, the chef at Italy. Everybody wants the center cut of everything, but the further back on the fish <laughs> don't sell. So you'll get a little bit of a of an education as well as some great authentic coastal Italian type dishes at the new La Pescheria. And there's a fish market there too, which which I got a kick out of because, you know, again, this reviewer is fairly young and uh, she, like so many other writers, look, we're all colleagues and brothers and sisters. I'm not casting aspersions by any means, but there's such a thing as institutional memory and, and we lack institutional memory sometimes. And this is a throwback, really, this idea that if you like what you had on your plate, then you can buy it from the fish market to take home. Well, that's as old as time. I mean, there were there were steak uh, restaurants such as the Hilltop, which is kind of still around, and other places like that uh, that had the the fresh meat case right there as you walked into the restaurant. And so you could either uh, order a steak and pick your steak, or you could order a steak and then grab one of these and have it wrapped to take home. So nothing new here, nothing new under the sun. At Italy or anywhere else, we are here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. We're going to talk about the food truck scene in just a little bit. We uh, are getting closer than you think to Mother's Day. Mother's Day is only a couple of weeks away, and so we're getting into some of those menus as well. And uh, we mentioned, uh, some of you may have heard uh, one restaurant's Mother's Day specialties. Let's have everybody, let's let everybody in on this one, all right? This is at 15 Point Road. And just a little taste of the Mother's Day menu. At 15 Point Road, Island Park in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, how about a baked stuffed half lobster with signature seafood stuffing and drawn butter? Or glazed baked ham with brandied rum raisin glaze. I know you may be hammed out after last weekend's Easter feast, but you never know. Or three cheese ravioli with lobster cardinal sauce and fresh lobster meat. 
And all of the seafood is fresh as can be right there from the busy fishing port of Tiverton. Lots of boats in and out of there, and of course, lots of seafood purveyors. So, all in all, it's shaping up to be a great Mother's Day for Mom, so why not think about treating Mom at 15 Point Road. The address is the same as the name, 15 Point Road in Island Park in Portsmouth. Castle Hill Inn. Now, there's a destination that doesn't need a whole lot of embellishment on the beautiful Ocean Drive, Newport, Rhode Island. Gorgeous. And if I say to you that Castle Hill Inn has doubled the size of its beds, well, hey, you may be thinking, hey, that's enough for me to make a reservation. I'd love to spend a weekend relaxing in a double bed, a bigger bed than the bed maybe that I'm sleeping in now. But that's not the kind of bed I'm talking about. I'm talking about the beds in the greenhouse at Castle Hill Inn. Yes, Castle Hill Inn has its own greenhouse. So when we describe the microgreens and the fresh vegetables on the menu, particularly the seasonal vegetables like we were talking about the ramps in the chef's tasting menu, they come right from the greenhouse. There's a horticulturist on site, and she is in her fourth year. Her name is Lita Lord, and she knows her stuff. There's even a naturalist, and you can go on a flora and fauna tour. Check out the Castle Hill Inn blog at castlehillinn.com and see just what the naturalist and the forager and the horticulturist are up to as we change seasons here. It is just part of the unforgettable experience at the world-class Castle Hill Inn in Newport, Rhode Island. Visit castlehillinn.com and we'll see you soon. We're in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Hi, my name's Rick Sylvia. I'm the specialty food buyer here at Dave's Marketplace. Our job is to go out and find those healthy items for our customers. One of the largest growing trends is gluten-free items. So here at Dave's Marketplace, what we've done is we've gone out and found as many of those items as possible for our customers. They have to be gluten-free. One of the reasons I love Dave's is because you have so many things that I can eat. We've increased the uh, number of non-GMO items every week. In our stores. The old saying goes, music is the food of love. If you're a music lover, Robert's Music R.I. is the place you should be. If you've rediscovered your music, if you're a professional, if you have a music student in your home, you and they will love Robert's Music. Instruments, rentals, repairs, supplies, lessons, 18 teachers specializing in the instruments they teach. Music educators rely on Robert's. So can you. RobertsMusicRI.com, Robert's Musical Instruments in the Quaker Valley Mall. Join Big Brothers Big Sisters of Rhode Island as they celebrate accomplishments and award scholarships to their graduating little brothers and sisters at their Impact Luncheon, Graduating to Big Things, on May 24th. Visit BigSRI.org for more information. That's BIGSRI.org. Dave's Marketplace is all about the food. People who love to cook love to shop at Dave's Marketplace. People who don't love to cook love to shop at Dave's Marketplace. People who appreciate value and people who appreciate values like honesty and respect. Respect for local growers and local businesses, local providers of better food. 
Dave's is all about the food. If you ask anyone who shops at Dave's Marketplace, even someone who's just shopped at Dave's once, they'll tell you they expect a little more from their supermarket. But be honest, do you know anyone who's shopped at Dave's Marketplace only once? Dave's Marketplace. Better food. Better service, better people. Everyone who shops at Dave's has a favorite helpful Dave's associate that they love to brag about. Locally owned and operated since 1969. And Dave's is more than just food with Les Isle Rose, Dave's floral basket and gift shop next to Dave's Marketplace East Greenwich store. Food day. I'm Tiffany Faison, and you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Our music here on the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio brought to you by RobertsMusicRI.com, where the music is, where music lives. If you're a professional musician, hey, uh, Picks and strings and <laughs> mouthpieces and reeds wear out. Nick Roberts, your music headquarters. Visit robertsmusicri.com. Well, it's spring and it is food truck season. And uh, there is a great resource where you can find where food trucks are, where they will be, what they are serving, and so much more. It is called Food Trucks In. And the curator of Food Trucks Inn joins me on the line, Eric Weiner. Nice to have you with us. Hi, Eric. Hey, Bruce. Good to be here. How's everything? Oh, just great. Uh, we finally have some non-rain, and uh, everybody just wants to get outside at some great events. And where great events are, you can usually find food trucks. Yes, we uh, we definitely think that over the last uh, number of years, there's become a expectation if you're somewhere outdoors and you're at a time where you want to eat there's going to be a likelihood of having uh, some food truck options yeah you know it's interesting that the food truck phenomenon has sort of matured into this i mean once upon a time it was kind of the wild wild west you know hey i've got a i've got a truck i'm a former chef or i want to uh, get into the restaurant biz but i can't do the the building right now so i'll put a truck on the road and i'll park it on the side of the road or park it next to an office building or somewhere and people will come out and i'll run out of food and it'll be a great day and that's how things started out but now it's more of hey well why don't we just go where the good times are and some of these trucks really have a cult following. Tell us about some of the notable trucks that uh, you are especially jazzed up about. Yeah, so I mean, there, you know, I, I think what you mentioned about, you know, you know, trucks being curbside and street corners and office parks and, and you know, places where you can grab food from a truck for lunch, you know, is, is still absolutely, um, you know, a, a segment of the market. But what you're seeing more and more is that if it's an arts and crafts festival or a farmer's market or, you know, just actually a food truck festival where there's a bunch of food trucks and maybe just some music and beer and wine, you know, people, have, enough people have started to have that a food truck isolated somewhere that they love the idea of being able to go out to an event, whether it's a music festival or a food truck festival, to, to join a bunch of trucks together. Uh, and when I look at our, our list of over, you know, 8,000 food trucks that we list on foodtrucks.com, you know, we have about just 30 of them listed. There are about th You broke up just a second there, Eric. There are 30 of them listed and continue that. Yeah, so we have about 30 food trucks listed 
That's and I know that, you know, some are pretty popular up there right now. And one, for example, Dolce is just about to open a brick-and-mortar uh, location. Right. That uh, that was big food news uh, last week. And if we can just get some nice weather, boy, uh, the crowd will uh, will follow them. Does that ordinarily happen, Eric, where... These food trucks have such a great following. You mentioned Dolce here in Rhode Island. Frisky Fries is so successful that they've opened some brick-and-mortar locations, and there are some others as well. Does the does the cult following follow to the brick-and-mortar, or is it a more mature type of a, of, of a relationship, more like a conventional restaurant? Yeah, I think that, we, I think that you see a, a really nice combination, which makes it really symbiotic. You know, I think a Right. People, come out to, people will come out to events where they see food trucks and fall in love with a particular food truck that they didn't necessarily come there to follow, and then they will follow that food truck along around, and then once they've fallen in love with it and they open a brick and mortar, they no longer have to chase it down at an event or find out where it's going to be. Whenever they have that craving, they can go and go to the brick and mortar, and I think that then after that, you see a pretty, you know, a pretty traditional you know, restaurant kind of model where the food truck uses that as the momentum to gain other types of people that cross over from other restaurants um, that then maybe become loyal enough that they're like, you know, this is great coming into the restaurant, but it would be great to also go support this truck when they're out on the road with 15 other trucks and maybe learn about the next food truck that we're going to fall in love with. There you go. Talk a minute about Frisky Fries because that's really a, a great success story, and then we'll talk a little bit about Dolce. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, Frisky Fries, you know, started with a food truck in 2015 in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, you know, they started doing a lot of the local events in addition to the, the food truck website. We produce uh, food truck events in Rhode Island, and they started to do uh, Food Truck Friday with us. And by 2016, they had uh, purchased a second truck and, you know, became very popular with catering and private events and doing a lot of big public events. Uh, and then uh, in 2018, uh, uh, 18, early 2018, late 2017, they opened their first small brick-and-mortar location, you know, kind of, you know, 10 seats, take out, and, you know, over the last year and a half, they're just about to open their uh, fourth location, fourth brick-and-mortar uh, in Newport. Really amazing, uh, but kept the same name. Now, that, uh, let me tell you the story of Dolce, because uh, Dolce, Vermont's, just uh, had this, as I say, cult following for their truffle fries, and they have a fried chicken sandwich that makes lots of friends, and they were parked outside this one building in downtown Burlington. And now they have uh, moved to Main Street. They are no longer known as Dolce, at least the restaurant. Uh, it's called Poco. And so it's uh, it's really interesting, but... I think the similarities are there where they were known for a particular signature dish, and that was enough to drive the following and so on, that uh, it's very, very exciting to to think about. Yeah, and I think when you look at that, I think that that, that decision can also speak to the idea, you know, that they, they want to now be able to do more new and different things in the restaurant, yes. but still have come out to the truck if they're keeping the truck on the road and not have the expectation of you when you go to the truck to see all those same items that are in the restaurant and know that if you've been going to the truck, it's not going to be a more complicated relationship. They're still going to do that one thing they did really well, but they're going to use their, their reputation and the brand that they build to, cut, to kind of build now a new 
uh, path for food trucks to take either. Sure. Uh, really, really interesting. So you have about 30 trucks that are listed on foodtrucksin.com, uh, 30 trucks all around Vermont. Yeah, you know, and I think the thing that we see in Vermont with our uh, the food trucks that are listed there, you know, is that you see, um, you know, all different kinds of uh, food trucks. You know, you see a food truck like Lazy Farmer, you know, that's doing, um, you know, organic and natural stuff. You see a truck like... Um, you know, uh, loses, you know, homemade with love, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of doing Polish food. And you've, you've got a very similar, you know, type of, of list of food trucks that you have in Vermont as you have in other places where, you know, you see people trying family recipes or, you know, selling items that they don't necessarily think can support a full restaurant and they want to uh, prove the concept. Um, and it's, it's nice to see, you know, that whenever we look at our listings of food trucks in different states or different regions, you know, you kind of see lots of different types of ethnic food. You see lots of family recipes. You see lots of small micro business owners that are really trying to prove a concept. And it's, um, you know, it's nice to see that that's the same whether you're in Vermont or Maine or Massachusetts or Rhode Island or, you know, Washington or Oregon or California. Sure. Now, you've uh, really built not only this website, this resource, Food Trucks In, but you've also built some events that have developed quite a following. Uh, you've got one that goes on in Providence that is uh, turning into, uh, it's beyond a food event, even though it's called Food Truck Friday. Tell us about that. Yeah, so what's kind of grown out of foodtruckshead.com, which is a, a national listing of food trucks, is kind of this local, you know, we're based in Providence, Rhode Island, and what's grown out of the website is now we kind of have a local uh, event planning arm. And, um, you know, five years ago, this is our first season, you know, we started with six food trucks at Carousel Village at Roger Williams Park doing Food Truck Friday, and it was an instant success. So now we're in our, our fifth season, and we do that event every Friday night at 5 o'clock. We had 18 to 20 food trucks on site, uh, beer and wine, live music, uh, the Carousel Village is open for kids. There's a playground. There are train rides. There are pony rides. And what, what it's really turned into is a, you know, community town square type event where, you know, 500 to 1,000 people come out every single Friday night. And that, as, you know, Rhode Island is a pretty small community, has allowed us to, you know, replicate that type of community town square event in other cities and towns across the state and in other locations. You know, Food Truck Friday is the only one that we do every single week, which is from April to September. But we have a lot of other events like in Warwick that we do twice a month and in Lincoln that we do six times in the summer. And you know, over the course of the next seven months, we'll produce 80 community events that are all called food truck events. But really what they are is, is bringing people of all ages and background you know, out together to the, the proverbial town square to, to connect with each other and have an authentic outdoor experience. No question. Now, how can a food truck get itself listed on food trucks in, Eric? Yeah, so we're always looking um, to add, uh, you know, any active mobile food vendor. Just go to foodtrucksin.com, you know, put in a zip code or your address and hit search food trucks. And if uh, when you hit search food trucks, you don't see your food truck listed, you can just go ahead and, um, you know, click to add your truck and fill out a form. And within 24 hours, we'll get your free listing on our site, and we will, uh, you know, give you a user account to go ahead and keep it updated.
Well, it sounds great, and uh, it'll be a great resource, especially for uh, visitors, and we certainly have lots of those in uh, Vermont and in, in Rhode Island, and everybody wants to find out. It's almost like the uh, the thing to do. You know, you used to uh, come in, and you'd ask around, hey, where's a good place to eat? Now you can just hit foodtrucksin.com, and you can find out where the food trucks are. And uh, terrific. Great to talk to you and continued success, and we'll follow some of your events that are going on here. Eric Wiener, Food Trucks In. It's foodtrucksin.com. Always great to talk to you, my friend. Thanks very, very much. You as well. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. There you go. Foodtrucksin.com. And it's a sign of spring now, isn't it? Sure. How about this? A mashup of a quesadilla and a pizza. Yeah. It's called a quesadilla. What's it called? It's called a quesadilla. <laughs> How about a pizza quesadilla? Can we call it that? Either way, you know, the secret ingredient is Portuguese linguiça. Now, this is a recipe that's on foodandwine.com. And I love it when the National Food Press discovers what we have known in New England for almost 100 years because it's a completely different taste. It, it, there's no Z in this. Now, in this recipe, it says, yes, you can, you can substitute that Spanish sausage. But this is not what we're talking about. This is Portuguese linguiça, L-I-N-G-U-I-C-A. And, yes, there is garlic in there. And there are some other secret ingredients, always lean cuts of quality meats and authentic natural spices. And when we talk about linguiça and churis, we talk gaspars the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. So whether you have the heritage or whether you just like great sausage, think about it on our charcuterie plate. Think about it on these quesadilla pizzas. And whatever you are making is going to make it so much better. Now, the recipe here calls for four flour tortillas and some marinara sauce, whether you make it or whether you get it out of a jar and pepper jack cheese, and a half cup of thinly sliced linguiça. Or if you want it a little spicier, go with churiz, which is spelled like chorico, no Z. And look for gas bars, easy to find in all major supermarkets, like the ones I broadcast from. And uh, we'll put this recipe up on the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page, too, for pizza quesadillas. Gas bars! For over 95 years, it's the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. Gaspars brings you the Bruce Newberry Food Dude podcast. Yes, well, we always call it something. And uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. It doesn't cost anything, but we have to call that something, too. So, you know, you sign up and you get one deposited in your thing when we make new ones. And we talk about food and wine and dining out, we're going to have my chat with uh, Alex Allen and Bourbon. We're going to talk about a terrific 5K run and walk that uh, is being uh, sponsored by Panera Bread. If you want to hang out and have a Panera breakfast and a Panera lunch, we'll tell you how to do that. <laughs> and uh, my clam bake chat with Lou Perella. It's all in the next episode of the Bruce Newberry Food Dude podcast, brought to you by Gaspar's. The Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. You get the gas bars at the supermarket. You get the podcast where you get your podcasts. And me, I'm in the broadcast bistro here. And you, you are dining out with Bruce Newberry.
With Alex Allen here at Allen's Wine and Spirit, what is going to be the main part of that mint julep now? We talked a little bit about what constitutes a, a real bourbon, and we have examples of all of these styles. Some everyday brands we carry are Maker's Mark, Woodford Reserve, Elijah Craig, Jefferson's, just to name a few, Basil Hayden, Old Forester. We have like three examples of that in the store here. And I want to encourage people to come in and kind of check out our rare and hard-to-find rack we have here. You'll see some really high-end award-winning whiskeys there. You'll see some uh, Elijah Craig barrel-proof. You'll see some uh, once in a while a bottle of Blanton's or a bottle of Old Fitzgerald 10-year wow. uh, weeded bourbon in the style of the Pappy Van Winkle. But for everyday uh, purposes, if you're having a party uh, and you want you know a great quality bourbon at a great price, I recommend the Maker's Mark 1.75 a liter bottle is 49.99 here every day. At Allen's Wine and Spirits, 3001 East Main Road here in Portsmouth, delivery and event consultation. Phone number is 401-683-4030. Allen's Wines. Com. Wonderful Cov, where the weekend starts on Wednesday with Alexis Lee entertaining along with those half-price bottles of wine and the great bistro menu each and every day. You can have calamari, you can have crostini, small bites, the famous crab cake, a steak, risotto, a bunch of different ways, even a black bean burger. The famous brunch on weekends. It's beautiful, sparkling Cov. In downtown Providence, the most beautiful restaurant in Rhode Island. Make a reservation on Open Table. Amazing Cov. Rhode Island Kitchen and Bath will create a dream space you'll love. Award-winning designers will just flat out open your eyes. So make plans to come to an upcoming seminar. And if you'd like to expand your knowledge while getting inspired to change your space, attend the RIKB cooking workshops with instructor and master chef Walter Potenza. The next one is coming up in June. It's all about the sauce. Register today. Space is limited. RIKB.com. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. If you do not contact us, your account will be deactivated. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271. Here's a healthy tip from Newport Hospital. When it comes to your diet, not all fat is bad. Healthy fats, such as olive oil, can be good for you. Olive oil contains mostly monosaturated fat, which can help reduce bad cholesterol and lower your risk of heart disease. Olive oil makes insulin work better, helping lower the risk of type 2 diabetes. And the compounds in extra virgin olive oil may decrease blood pressure and inflammation. Using olive oil for cooking and salad dressing is a healthy move. Brought to you by Newport Hospital. Hey, this is Emeril Lagasse. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Bam! How about making your own salt? Is that... That's taking DIY a little far. I'll story in a minute here. Hey, if you're looking for breakfast to be wrapped, well, PaneraBread.com has it not only wrapped, but delivered those new breakfast wraps on the breakfast menu at your Panera Bread Bakery Cafe or the Amazing Sandwiches or what everybody, like we need another reason 
to wait for spring and summer, waits for the strawberry poppy seed salad back and delivered with small delivery at your Panera Bread from your Panera Bread Bakery Cafe. Now, delivery not available in all areas. The Panera Bread Bakery Cafe is owned and operated in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut by the Holly Bread Group. We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, and I'm coming to you from Newport, Rhode Island. But we are booking locations for spring and summer and beyond. So feel free to hit the Bruce Newberry Facebook fan page or email Bruce at BruceNewberry.com. And uh, happy to come broadcast from your restaurant, winery, food event. Heck, we'll get Eric Weiner and we'll broadcast from your food truck. Sit right there beside you on the seat. Love to bring the tastiest talk show on the radio to your location. So I'm in Newport, and here in Newport there is a food artisan who makes his own sea salt. Well, with a little help from the sea. And uh, it is very, very popular. The cruise ships that come into Newport Harbor, one of the first places that the passengers make a beeline for is this open-air market area. And uh, there's a shop here that sells this Newport artisan sea salt. Well, one of the food and wine best new chefs of 2019 says, I'm not buying this stuff off the shelf. He makes his own sea salt. Now, there's a bit of geography here. He happens to be on the California coast, the north coast of California, uh, the Mendocino area. And Chef Matt Kammerer makes his own sea salt. And the salt has this big and briny taste. And the way it's described here is to let a few flakes melt on your tongue is to feel sucked under a wave tumbled about in the tide. You know how that is. And you get all that salt water. Yeah. Just a few flakes of this guy's artisan-made sea salt, I guess, have the same effect. Chef hauls gallons of seawater up the Mendocino Cliffs, and he lets the seawater slowly evaporate, and it eventually shatters like crystal. And his place is called the Harbor House Inn, and he does, uh, well, as you might suspect, he does some seafood. He does the yellowfoot mushrooms. He does, um, even uh, uses... The, the salt, of course, in baking his bread, along with seaweed. He folds the sea salt into butter. Really, really interesting. Uh, I had a great, uh, such a great afternoon with my friend, the donut maker, and the butter made me think of this. And so we went all through his donut kitchen and uh, this artisan donutier. I don't know what you'd call it, a donatelier, I suppose. And the donuts are made with as much local and as many local ingredients as possible. Little roti eggs and Wright's Farm dairy milk. Now, the cows are local. The milk is processed in Connecticut, but it's okay. But an issue has been for this donut maker where to get local butter because you can't get butter from Rhode Island. The cows are, you know, just not into it or something. And so he uses Cabot butter. 
Now, the distance from Cabot, Vermont to Providence, Rhode Island is eh, 275 miles, something like that. Still considered to be local, by the way. If you uh, pin down some of these local chefs and, and restaurateurs like Eric, Eric Warnstead or um, the, the most artisanal restaurateur or chef that you can think of, and you say, okay, you're all about the local. Define local for me. Usually they will allow that local means a couple hundred miles. Now, would you necessarily think of, of 200 or 250 or 300 miles as being local? Probably not. But you have to allow that certain things are just not available and don't grow in your backyard. Things like coffee and, in some cases, butter. So it's, uh, it's interesting how, when we talk about these, uh, these terms, that we make these allowances and everybody's okay with it. Anyway, great, uh, great salt out there on the West Coast. All right, are you ready? So the dog that I was asking you to describe with that thick sauce, with that interesting flavor, and it's a meat sauce, is it a, is it a barbecue sauce? It is a tomato? What is it? Cumin? Cinnamon? What is that? It's pleasant. It's not overpowering. It can be spicy. It isn't always Raw onions, a little thing of mustard. They are built with the unique buns. Well, if you're listening to me in Rhode Island, you're thinking, it's a, it's a hot wiener, a New York system hot wiener. But if you're listening to me in New York, you're thinking, that's a Michigan. And it's both. It's either and both. We all eat the same thing once upon a time. It's an amazing thing. What I was describing, the, the description I've been reading, is for New York State and some of Vermont's Michigan dogs, Michigan Reds, Michigan Red Hots, Michigan Sauce. <laughs> and there are some differences. The, the dog itself is uh, a Tobin or uh, one of the other, you know, Red Hots. The skin on the dog is bright red at the New York system in... <laughs> <laughs> which is not New York, but in Rhode Island, the dog is more natural colored, natural casing. It's usually a soggy, which was made in Rhode Island. That was made in the Boston area. The buns on the Michigan used to be made by Bouillet Facet. And now they've got to kind of search for them a little bit. They are a little longer than your New England roll New England-style hot dog bun that the New York system uses, but you cut the ends. And uh, sometimes the rolls, depending on place to place, there's some artisanship that goes on shop to shop with the Michigan dogs, which is really interesting. Some places let the rolls sit and kind of toughen to better hold in all the sauce, and they do not always come pre-sliced. Don't call it a chili dog. Don't even call it a hot dog, really. I mean, that's the one thing that I think the geography has in common at both places. It's a hot wiener in Rhode Island, a Michigan in the north. We all ate the same thing, and both are absolutely correct. Hey, how about the finer diner, the Blue Plate Diner? Ted Caruso says, bring mom. 
if you're looking for something outside of the ordinary brunch, because you can get all-day brunch at the Blue Plate Diner, including the breakfast classics, the specialty omelets, and those new starters like some of the best avocado toast you've ever had. It's on Texas toast, you know. Or the warm jalapeno cheddar cornbread. The skillets at the Blue Plate are all the rage. That Vermont skillet, which was around before we made our debut in Vermont, but it's a nod to our friends. Two eggs, sausage, apple, ham, and caramelized onions. Started out with that warm jalapeno cheddar cord bread with the maple honey butter and the sweet and tangy habanero jam. And you've got something. The Blue Plate Diner invites all our new friends, as well as our friends from all over Rhode Island. The 665 West Main Road in Middletown, Rhode Island. We broadcast from the Blue Plate. I'll be at the end of the counter, and I'll look for you. Me, I'm the food dude. We're in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. You are dining out with Bruce Newberry. Are you looking to grow your business, establish valuable professional relationships, meet industry subject matter experts, and market your services and products? If so, the North Kingstown Chamber of Commerce can help you as we support and promote more than 400 businesses throughout South County, Rhode Island. Our members represent every industry, large and small, old and new, from home-based businesses just starting out to large businesses such as ones located in Quonset. We provide targeted networking opportunities, unique events, and business-strong seminars with highly engaged groups of professionals that will help you and your business succeed and grow. In addition, we offer great benefits such as free job postings, town-wide gift certificate referral program, bulk mail discounts, and more. Call the Chamber today at 401-295-5566 to learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed and grow. Hey, Jan, did you look into my suggestion about switching to Sprint? Oh, yeah. I owe too much of my wireless contract to think about switching right now. No, don't let that stop you. Sprint's offering up to $650 per line to cover your switching costs. $650? Yeah, it's their way of giving you a clean slate. Plus, if you buy a new iPhone, you can get an incredible new iPad on them. This weekend only at your local Sprint store. Switch to Sprint and we'll cover your switching fees up to $650 per line via prepaid MasterCard. And if you buy a new iPhone, we'll give you an incredible new iPad on us. Get to your local Sprint store this weekend and save. Less required phone trading credit provided after online registration and new phone activation amount based on early termination fee charge and remaining phone balance, card terms, conditions, and exclusion apply member FDIC iPad 6th generation 32 gigabytes, $0 per month after 1917 monthly credit for 24 months credit applied within two bills. Requires new line on qualifying plan. If you cancel early, remaining balance due taxes due at sale. Did you know nicotine from e-cigarettes and other tobacco products can harm brain development? It's a fact. Brains keep growing until our mid-20s. And nicotine can have long-term effects on learning, mood, attention, impulse control, and even memory. Did you know that nicotine can hotwire growing brains for tobacco, alcohol, or other drug addictions? It's a fact. Take tobacco, for example. More than 90% of adult smokers and other tobacco users first got hooked on nicotine before their 18th birthday, when their brains were still forming. You know what's a myth? That e-cigs give off harmless water vapor. Some people develop lung or heart problems from the chemical aerosols that come from these superheated liquids and devices. For kids, teens, and young adults who use e-cigs or vape, ask your family doctor or counselor about safe and effective ways to quit for good. Or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. 
That's 1-800-784-8669. All sessions are free. Sponsored by the Rhode Island Department of Health and the Rhode Island Broadcasters Association. I'm Bobby Flay, and I'm dining out with Bruce Newberry. Let's go down south for this one at Duo in Brattleboro. Award-winning restaurateurs Keith Arnold and Stephanie Bonin serve indulgent locavore fare like goat cheese stuffed dates Hmm. and swordfish with saffron rice. I'm just mad about saffron. Well, award-winning is as award-winning does, and as we were pointing out, Last night, the James Beard Journalism and Writing Awards were presented by Tyra Banks. And Edward Lee won a writing award for his book, not a cookbook, called Buttermilk Graffiti. Well, we had a chance to speak with Edward Lee when his book first came out earlier this spring. Chef Edward Lee. Chef, nice to have you with us here in Newport, Rhode Island. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great, great pleasure. Now, we know you from your exploits on tv not only in uh, mind of a chef but you also have been in a in a few competitions <laughs> <laughs> but uh you certainly have uh, won your share of awards and such but this is not a cookbook no not a cookbook per se not a traditional one it's um it's hard to explain in in, in a short amount of time but i'd say it's a, it's part travel log part memoir part recipes and a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, yeah. You uh, really got to know a lot of people. I uh, was reading. There was a, a really, really interesting visit, you, in, interesting visits to a lot of places, but you were in Vietnam. And, uh, and you, were, you were speaking with someone about the whole Vietnamese uh, situation there, uh, sort of in the middle of the book. Yeah, um, well, so there's a lot of cultures that, that um, I talk about, and um, you might be talking about the Cambodian one. I'm sorry, um, Cambodia. I, I, you know, she, she spent yeah. so much time talking about what had happened in Vietnam yeah. back during that time. You know, but, but I'm sorry, it was Cambodia, yeah. yes. Uh, young yeah. young girl. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just a fascinating, um, for me, it was fascinating to, to travel to these different places in America and to just see the history and to see the, the, the tell the stories of, of the immigrants who have traveled here and brought their food here um, and to sort of chase back and look at their histories and, and, and how not only to how they're bringing these foods to America and influencing American cuisine through them, but also how they improvise their food because once you come here from another country, you can't find those ingredients here necessarily. And so now you have to improvise and you have to sort of work with different cultures. And, and that whole transformation, that whole thing that happens um, is so uniquely American. And, and it brings us, it connects us to a really 
bigger global universe that we live in, where, where there's so many cultures that live here and contribute here and, and create these delicious melting pots of food. And um, I really wanted to go around the whole country and showcase some of these places in, in, in very unexpected places, you know, yeah. not, not big cities like New York and Chicago, but, you know, where you can find really good immigrant food in small towns, uh, places that you just normally wouldn't expect. For sure. You, and you, you absolutely did it. I love that you went into the countryside here and uh, found some uh, Lebanese food down in Mississippi, for example. And uh, even close by, because, you know, for us, the whole world is New England. Uh, you really yep. found a great story in the clam pizza in Connecticut. Now, was that in New Haven? Yeah. Yes, in New Haven. And, and, and to me... Uh, um, I go to a little bit of history about the clam pizza and, and, and you know that is when American food is at its best and when to me America is at its best and is when we start to take different cultures, different foods and, and we've kind of merged them together right? and so the old story is the Italian immigrant comes over sets up a pizza shop in New Haven and for years and years they have pizza and they have clams but they didn't put them together Right, you had to serve the clams because you were in England, and you had to have the pizza because you were Italian. Right, but right. Never put them together. And so the story goes: customer walks in, and, and of course, it's not the Italian immigrant who can do this because he's stuck on pizza being this way. <laughs> a customer walks in, a, a younger gentleman, and goes, "Hey, you got clams? You got pizza?" Why don't you just put the clams on top of the pizza? <laughs> that was a great story. Edward Lee, the chef, buttermilk graffiti was his book. And it won a James Beard Award just last night. And we had spoken to the chef back in March when his book first came out, available everywhere, and uh, all of that stuff. We're going to have more barbecue next week. And we never actually get to our barbecue story of this week. But it's okay, because next week we're going to speak with the legendary barbecue chef Stephen Raiklin. He has a new barbecue book out all about brisket. Yeah. And... Uh, if I were to ask you what defines barbecue for you, what might your answer be? You go into a barbecue place or you go to a, a pig roast or what have you, and uh, what is it? Is it the ribs? Is it the pulled pork? Is it the brisket? you got to have the brisket to have the entire experience. And, of course, there are places within sound of my voice that just do brisket. And uh, now there's a whole cookbook about brisket and barbecue legend Stephen Raiklin has written it. We will talk with him about that next weekend and in fact our question du jour I'll give you a preview I actually asked this question if you were tuned in yesterday morning on WVMT to the morning drive and I asked the question about brisket as it pertained to Montreal smoked meat and what is another name that Stephen Raikland gave to Montreal smoked meat I'll have the answer for you next weekend. And uh, we'll also get a chance to try some Beyond Sausage. We're scheduled to talk with uh, Steve Filippo of the Davio's restaurant chain. And that's going to be very exciting. Bruce Newberry, Bruce don't forget Newberry. to try. If you love pizza, here's an opportunity you can't afford to miss. 
The all-new Greater Plattsburgh Pizza Card is on sale now. Your card gets you one free large cheese pizza at 10 of the best restaurants in the Greater Plattsburgh area for only $25. That's right, 10 large pizzas for just $25. Participating restaurants include Uno's Pizzeria of Plattsburgh, Mad River Pizza, Hobie's Pizza, Restaurante Casa Capitano, and the Pizza Palace. And that's not all. Your pizza card also gets you a delicious large pizza at Hobie's Pizza Annex, Big Sal's Pizza, The Butcher Block, Bizzano's Pizza, and The Little Pizza Shop. One more time. The Greater Plattsburgh Pizza Card is on sale now. Get a free large pizza at 10 great restaurants for just $25. Supplies are limited and they will go fast. So go to the link and buy your pizza card today at WVMTRadio.com. That's WVMTRadio.com. FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT Burlington.